This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning and welcome. My name is Ron and I'm one of the staff pastors here at New Life. And from wherever you are viewing, whether it's the greater Petaluma area, elsewhere in the United States, or even elsewhere around the world, uh, we welcome you. We are a gathering of seekers, people who are learning to seek Jesus. Some of us have been at this a long time and have found a very rich and fulfilling life. Some of us are new on this journey, and some of us are what I would call just checking Jesus out. Here's the great thing. No matter where you fit in that continuum, Jesus welcomes you, and so do we. So, uh, we hope you enjoy the morning. Uh, We are at the end of a teaching series called Revolutionary, and um, to no one's surprise, we're talking about Jesus. But the interesting thing about Jesus is this. He wasn't revolting against something he wanted to overthrow. He wasn't a revolutionary in that sense at all. On the other hand, the teachings that he brought were so outside the box, so far beyond what any human being had ever thought. They were considered in his time and still are today. His teachings are considered revolutionary. And so uh, this is part four of this series. And Jesus' teaching was revolutionary because here was the accepted thought that God or the gods, depending upon what religion you were part of, were considered supernatural beings or forces that required things of us, that were watching us to make sure we met those requirements, and that were judging, blessing, or punishing us in accordance with how we measured up to the requirements. That was the general process and the accepted thought of every religion. The gods had different names, had different values, required different things, but the process, the general basis was all the same. Jesus came with a revolutionary idea. Jesus came with the idea that God is a supernatural being, all right, But he's a supernatural being that loves us. He's a supernatural being that longs to share life with us. And he wants to partner with us to heal the brokenness in us. You know, you don't have to look far to realize there's a lot of brokenness in in human beings. And there's a lot of brokenness in our world. Now, Jesus always taught with two great perspectives uh, in his mind. And the first is this. Jesus was always cognizant that every person that he talked with or taught was created with God's nature inside them. That meant that they, somewhere down in there, had a natural desire to love others and maybe even as much as God loves us. They had a natural desire to know and bond with God. It wasn't always on the surface, but it was in there. They had a natural desire to resolve injustice. In fact, we know that injustice 
really grates against our human nature. They have a natural desire to forgive others. They have a natural desire to advocate for the marginalized. And they have a natural desire to create unity and togetherness. Now, why do they have those things? Because that's who God is. That's his nature. And he put his nature in every human being, and Jesus never forgot that. But Jesus also knew that every person who came to him carried in them a brokenness. Hurts, wounds, and scars from other people. And they had a tendency in themselves to hurt people. A tendency to abuse and use people. A tendency to be unjust and insensitive at times. A tendency to ignore, neglect, and even judge the plight of other people in the world. And a tendency to grab power and sometimes even to be violent. And I know we'd like to look at that list and go, well, most of those, nah, I, don't, I don't like to think of me as that. But here's the truth. Put any two two-year-olds in a room, including you when you were two. Leave them unsupervised with a bunch of toys, and it won't be long till one of them is beating the other over the head with a toy. Now, you didn't teach them to do that, but they can inflict great bodily harm and be amazingly violent because there's a brokenness in our nature. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus appealed to the nature of God in us. He, when he taught people, he was always appealing to that nature of God in them. He believed that they wanted the nature of God in them to triumph and to actually give shape to their life. He believed and always appealed to it by inviting them and inviting us to follow him to a new God-shaped kind of living. But he also spoke directly to the brokenness in the people of his world and to the brokenness of the world at his time. He knew that it was our brokenness that stood between us and this new God-shaped kind of living that we want. And his big desire was for us to let him be the great physician in our lives and to heal the brokenness in us. And that brings up a great question. When you go to the doctor, do you want them to tell you the truth, even if it's not what you hope to hear? I'll bet you do. I know I do. Recently, I, I paid a visit to a surgeon. And this is basically what the surgeon told me. He looked at me and he said, Ron, you got a brokenness. Well, he didn't use that word. He said, you got a problem. And the problem is you have a ganglion cyst on one of your fingers and it's beginning to hinder its movement and it hurts when you bang it. And then he said the words I wanted to hear. I can help you with that. I said, I'm all on board with that. And then he said, I need to tell you a few things. Uh, number one, I'm going to poke your finger with a needle several times. And when the anesthetic goes in, it's going to burn and hurt. And then I'm going to take a very sharp knife and I'm going to cut your finger open. I'm going to cut out of it everything that doesn't belong there. 
I'm going to take a needle and thread. I'm going to poke it through your skin multiple times, and I'm going to sew the wound back together again. I'm going to bandage it up, but it's going to hurt, and you're not going to be able to use that finger for two weeks. And during that time, the finger is going to hurt. But I promise you, if you'll stay with me through the whole process, when the finger has healed, it will work as good as new, and it will be pain-free. And you know what? I let him do it. Did it hurt? Yeah, it did. Is it completely healed? Well, no, not quite, but it's well on the way to healing. Why did I do that? I did that for two reasons. Number one, I believed what he told me. And number two, I trusted him that he could do what he said. You see, here's the truth. Jesus wants to be the great physician in our lives. He came to address the brokenness in us. And friend, that's true for you. Jesus wants to address the brokenness in you. Every form of brokenness, not just a few that you don't like in yourself. He actually wants to help you heal from every form of brokenness. And he wants you to know he's never encountered a single form of brokenness that he couldn't make whole. That's why there's story after story after story in the Bible about people bringing every kind of sickness and disease to him, even death. And Jesus made them all whole. And friends of Jesus can raise the dead. He can heal the brokenness in you and me. But he wants us to know, like my surgeon did, healing is never an easy or pain-free process. So, we're going to do a fun thing today. I want you to get an empty chair and set it in front of you. Yes, I'm talking to you in the bed. I know some of you like to watch from the bed. Well, this morning you got to get out of bed, put on some clothes if you need to, go get an empty chair and, and put it on the floor in front of you. And, and not six feet apart. Jesus doesn't need to be socially distanced from you. In fact, he wants to be in your inner circle. And I want you to imagine Jesus sitting there. By the way, if you want your prayers to be more realistic, you can do the same thing. Just get an empty chair and, and sit it there. And in your imagination, imagine Jesus is there and just talk to him. So for this morning, the rest of this teaching is going to be Jesus teaching you. I've got an empty chair in front of me. It's going to be Jesus teaching me. He has a very special message he wants to give us. And he wants to give it to us by telling us a story from his life. And the whole point is that Jesus wants us to learn to trust him. Just like I trusted my surgeon. So, this is Jesus. He's the great physician of your life. And in spite of the super serious paintings I know you've seen of him, Jesus was friendly. He was a people-loving guy. And he must have carried a smile on his face most of the time because people loved to be with him. 
In fact, this picture is much how I imagine Jesus looking. So now that you have Jesus seated in front of you, here's where he begins his teaching as he tells you a story from his life. He starts by saying, I know you. You're a good person. You've been created and formed with God's nature in you. That means it's natural for you to love all other people. Most of the time. It's natural for you to forgive others. It's, there's something in you that naturally draws you to all other people. There's something in you that naturally draws you to me. It's natural for you to want to create unity and togetherness. It's natural for you to foster understanding and compassion. It's natural for you to want to help those in need or who have been marginalized, misjudged, and or mistreated. It's natural for you to want to bless those who aren't in need and haven't been marginalized. I know you. I see all of that in you. And I want you to see it in yourself. But I know you. I know you do bad things. Not because you're a bad person, but there's a brokenness in you that sometimes blocks out the nature of God in you. And that means it's natural for you sometimes to say things that hurt others. It's natural for you to sometimes superficially judge and even misjudge others. It's natural for you to sometimes marginalize others. It's natural for you to sometimes hold a grudge and refuse to forgive. It's natural for you sometimes to foster division. It's natural for you to sometimes judge and draw conclusions before really trying to understand. I know you. I see these things in you. And I know that they're all natural things that flow out of your brokenness. So they seem normal. They seem natural. And they even seem right and correct to you. So I'm here to help you with this struggle. Would you like for me to partner with you in healing your brokenness? I'm here to invite you on a journey of healing. Now listen, I'm going to stick a needle several times in the part of your nature that's broken, and that's going to hurt. I'm going to carefully cut away every part of brokenness in your nature that part of you that's deep inside, and that's going to be awkward. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel natural. And you may even want to stop during the process. I'm going to sew you back together with new and healthy processes that won't seem natural at first. In fact, they're going to seem just plain awkward at first because you've never done things like this before. And I can promise you 
that for a few of them, you're not even going to want to do them. But I also promise you that if you stay with me during this whole process, if you trust me, if you believe what I tell you enough to follow me, your brokenness will be replaced with wholeness and the beautiful nature of God that's already in you will now have the freedom to come into the light and blossom and bloom in ways you could never have imagined before. This is me, the revolutionary at work. This is what I love to do. Now I want to tell you a story from my life where I was laying all of this out for a group of people in the province of Galilee in Israel. So one day I crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee and a huge crowd kept following me wherever I went because they saw my miraculous signs as I healed the sick. These people didn't actually want me, Jesus the Revolutionary, who revealed the revolutionary truth about my father. They wanted Jesus the magician. Jesus the guy who could say a few words and do amazing things that no one else can do. They wanted Jesus the entertainer. Jesus the magic fix-it man. But that's not who I was, and that's not who I am today. In fact, I refuse to be Jesus the miracle man who produces miracles on demand. I'm not just the solution to people's problems. I am so much more than that. So I said to them, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs I do. You should be seeking me for the eternal life that I, the Son of Man, can give you. And they replied, Oh, well, we want to perform God's works like you do. What should we do? Their response revealed just how deep the brokenness was in them. Now they wanted Jesus the power broker. Jesus, the guy who could give them the power so they could wow others, think, entertain, or impress with their own miracles. But that's not who I am either. I'm Jesus, the revolutionary, the one who came to heal the inner brokenness in all people. I'm Jesus, the revolutionary, with a package of love and truth so foreign to the broken human spirit that it often seems too good to be true or too radically different to be real. So I said to them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. In a nutshell, this is all I really wanted for them. And it's all I really want for you. I want you to believe in me to the point you could trust me with everything in your life. That you would believe that I, the great physician, can heal everything broken in you and in your life. That you wouldn't fight against me or neglect me or fear me 
or be afraid of what I want you to do in your life. It's not about what you can or should do for me. It never has been. It's about what I can and will do for you, with you, in you, and through you. Now what followed next was even more incredulous to me. They said to me, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed in the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now they were referring to a story back in the day of Moses. And it would, there was a time in, in the history of the nation of Israel where God actually supplied free food for the entire nation and every morning it was just appear on the ground and they could go out and get it and that's what they wanted from jesus can you believe it they were following me because they saw me miraculously heal countless people they just saw me take five small buns of bread and two tiny fish and miraculously multiply it so many times it fed every person in a hungry crowd of about 15,000, including them. But apparently, that's not enough from Jesus the magician. They wanted more tricks. People still say this kind of thing to me today. If you would just heal my mother... Rescue my son, get me this date, land me this job, keep my wife from dying, I'll believe in you. I hear it every day. Broken people seem to want one more miracle before they'll believe. Now don't get me wrong, I love helping people. I heal more people every day. I save more lives every day. I prevent more sickness every day than you or anyone else will ever know. But somehow, it never seems to be enough for some people. So here's my question for you. Will you believe in me and trust me because of the miracles I've already done for you? Or do you always need another miracle? Anyway, back to the story. That's when I laid out this beautiful invitation for them. The same one I'm laying out for you today. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Now this is how life is supposed to work. I'm the bread of life. I'm the author of life. I'm the only source of all life, including yours today. But, and I think you know this, there could be way more to your life than just existing. 
getting up, going to work, earning some money, buying some things, going some places, being entertained, and staying busy, I'm sure that you sense there has to be more to life than that. Now, here's the good news. I have a deeper, richer, relational, transformational, and eternal life that I offer, and I will supply it to you if you trust me completely. You'll never find it on your own. And even if you could, you don't have the power to activate it in your life without me. And here's how much I love you. I'm not asking this of you. I'm offering it to you. Remember what I said earlier? This will not be natural or easy. I'll cut away all the brokenness in you. Now listen, I'll do it gently, but it will still hurt. And it will still be uncomfortable. But if you stay with me, I'll replace that brokenness with the most beautiful wholeness more beautiful than you can imagine right now. Sure, there will be some awkwardness at first. There always is. Eternal life isn't natural for your broken nature. But you'll soon learn a new normal. And your God nature will begin to come to the surface and blossom in ways that amaze you, bless others, and fill your heart with significance and joy. This is what you've always wanted. It's what your spirit was created for. This is what you've secretly longed for all your life. Now on that day, what followed next was both bitter and sweet for me. Take a look at what happened. At that point, many of my followers left. They no longer wanted to be associated with me. I will never forget that moment. My heart sank as I watched so many turn and leave, literally walking away from me, the one person who could heal their brokenness and make them beautifully whole again. I fought back the tears. These are my brothers and sisters, and they're walking out of my life. But thankfully, that wasn't the end of the story. That's where it got sweet. In my disappointment, I turned to Peter, John, and the rest of the twelve I had chosen to be my closest followers to see what their response would be. Do you also want to leave? I asked. And Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves to you, and we're confident you are the Holy One of God. Hearing his words warmed my soul. They reminded me of what I already knew. These guys were going to hang with me. They were going to hang with me even when I would take them around the world to share this good news with everyone. They would be misunderstood, misjudged, falsely accused, put in prison, punished, and even martyred. But they would never give up trusting in me.
I am so grateful for them. So now what about you? Are you willing to trust me today completely? I mean, are you ready to trust me with the brokenness you already know is in your life? The tension that's in your marriage? The fractured relationships you've left behind or are still dealing with? The things in your life that you hide from others because you don't even like them in yourself? The things you've tried to change so many times, but they're still there. Will you trust me with the judgment you feel toward others for what they do or even toward yourself for what you do? Listen, I can bring healing to all of that brokenness. I love you more than you can imagine. I don't hate this brokenness in you. I accept you with it. I understand it. Listen, here's just a sample of the healing I can bring in your life. Here's a principle that can help you begin to deal with all of this. Did you know that there are many things in life that are not justifiable, but they are understandable? Did you know that as long as you're busy judging what is unjustifiable, you will never be able to understand that behavior or the person doing it, and worse you will never be able to help them, even if it's yourself. This is why I went to the places that prostitutes hung out and listened to their conversations about the unimaginable things they did for money. I wanted to understand. Was it justifiable? No. But was it understandable? Yes. The brokenness in them broke my heart. I could see the beautiful person they were meant to be, but right in front of me was the broken, used, and abused person I saw, knowing the brokenness in them, some from their childhood and home of origin, and some purely and simply of their own doing and wrong choices. How they got there wasn't important to me, that they were there meant everything to me. And the same is true with you. It doesn't matter to me how you got broken. What matters to me is that you recognize your brokenness, that you want it healed, and that you trust me to heal it for you. So I ask you, please don't walk away from me as so many did that day. Please do what Peter did. Please trust me with your brokenness. Talk to me about it and let me partner with you to heal it. Of course, it would be too much for you if we were to work on all your brokenness at once. That wouldn't be kind or reasonable of me. So here's the deal. I'm going to speak to you in your heart right now. I know you can hear me. And I'm going to point out only one or two areas of brokenness. And what I want for you this week is to acknowledge this brokenness and begin to process it with me. Talk to me about it. Sit with me and listen for how I want to begin bringing healing to it. And when you feel a nudge from me about something to do, 
even if it's awkward and maybe even personally painful, trust me enough to do it. This will be the first step in your lifelong journey of healing. I promise you what lies ahead will be more beautiful, more significant, more personally fulfilling than you can picture right now. This is my good news for you. This is my invitation to you. This is my love for you. This is what my heart longs for you. I am the bread of life. If you take me into your life, you will live. And I mean really live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.